Welcome to episode 17 of the Lovecraft Tapes, an actual play, Call of Cthulhu 7th edition RPG campaign using Roll20.net. I am your keeper of arcane lore, Jeremy Boomstick Johnson. Your investigators of the unknown are Brian Johnson as Samantha. Who the hell is Kate? George Gallagher as Charles. Charles? Who the fuck is Charles? <laughs> and Matt Zelish as Dan. Honey, do we really have to drag him everywhere now? And how are we doing tonight? What are we eating and drinking? Regret. Drinking a nice warm mug of chai tea. It is very refreshing. I'm drinking a uh, little known beer. It's uh, Professor Botanicus Black IPA brewed by, uh, what was the name of that brewery? Oh yeah, Boomstick Brewery. And I am drinking a uh, sparkling water mixed with uh, kombucha, blackberry kombucha. Mm. Me too. Mm, that's delicious. <laughs> very tart, though. Yes, very. What are the odds? Let's roll on it. Congratulations. <laughs> Before we begin tonight's episode, we do need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hello. This is Katie Moore of the Los Angeles Library Services here with your weekly update. Visit us on Tuesday for our annual book exchange. We used to have this every month years ago, but nobody reads anymore. People come in, surf porn, leave. Anyway, bring in two books, get one. Easy enough, even for you illiterates. Next Friday, the Church of Night will be holding their bake sale in the basement. I understand they'll be serving fruit punch and taco fish. Finally, as usual, I am imploring any of our listeners who might know the whereabouts of Samantha Sam Brewster to please contact me at the library. She was last seen with Chuck Blaine and Daniel Williams in the foothills of La Cañada. Sam, if you can hear me, please come home. We miss you. I miss you. And we're back. I can't believe you made our listeners go through that. I know, right? That was was terrible. Brilliant. Sorry, sorry. Gotta pay the bill somehow. Who's Bill? Yeah, Bill Nye, Bill Cosby. Oh, that's a weird pair of Bill Nye and Bill Cosby. That's a very strange pair right there, I'll tell you what. Bill, Bill, Bill. Uh. Mr. Wizard, have a drink. (laughs) So before we continue, uh, we do need to do a quick story recap. Is anybody up for recapping what happened in episode 16, if you remember it? That was a long time ago, okay? It was. It was approximately 50-some years ago. I can attempt to recap if you want. Have at it, Matt. So, last episode, we were investigating the missing agent Stan Brophy, and after hitting several dead ends, both with the Church of Night and several other places, we decided that we had had enough of this and we were going to head straight to the source. So we zoomed off to the home of one Miss Jean St. Jane and decided that she was at the heart of all this, so we were just going to, to bust our way in and figure out what the heck was going on. We got there, realized that uh, we didn't have a way to get past the guard dogs until we you know, found a very late open butcher who gave us some gizzards whom we promptly laced with sleeping powder. Um, Dan then snuck in 
over the wall via a ladder, knocked out the dogs, and waited for Jean to come out. She had a slight conversation with a local coyote and then proceeded to book it into the stables at the back of her place. After that, Dan was chased out by a rather large monster at the same time the other two were also being attacked by some monsters there were lots of shooty shooty bang bang and everything went dead then in our attempt to regroup and get back in there Jean escaped in her limo Uh, sorry can you start over (laughs) okay it was a dark and stormy night we went into the stables in the back only to find that there are a bunch of of ladies who looked very old and drained out of nowhere a large gelatinous lime jello monster from the local cafeteria showed up who happened to be stan brophy who then immediately went to dissolving uh chuck yes that's exactly what happened and then chuck awoke from this deadly embrace to find himself at home in bed as he tried to get his bearings in this alien landscape uh where The bedside table had a digital clock, and in walked Samantha and Dan, who immediately informed him that this was no longer 1957. It is 2017, and that's where we ended the last story. So now we begin Chapter 3, Returning Home. Chuck, you find yourself sitting across the desk from an elder gentleman. He's wearing round spectacles. He has kind eyes. His hand holds a pencil and he is tapping it against a notepad upon which he has scrawled alien symbols you cannot decipher upside down. Behind him is a window. You look outside and see green trees, sparrows flitting by occasionally, and a bright blue afternoon sky unmarred by clouds. Out there, it is 2017. In here, you're not so sure. The elder gentleman clears his throat. A placard on his desk reads, Hubert Pretorius Loveland, M.D. He is a doctor. He is your doctor. He looks at you expectantly and you realize he just asked you a question that you didn't fully hear. Charles? It's it's Chuck. I asked you whether you remember what happened before you were admitted to the clinic. Uh... Uh, a lot of stuff? Tell me. Uh, the 50s? Yes, what about the 50s? Um, I was a total badass surrounded by dumbasses for, what, six years or something? Saving the day endlessly? Yes. Well, do you recall anything from your coma? Do I recall anything from my coma? Yes. I don't know. I guess I don't know what the coma was. Is the 1950s detective in Hollywood, was was that part of your dreams while in the coma? Uh, I guess so. I mean, I didn't think so, but here we are. Oh, what do you recall of the thin man? Man, tested my memory with that one. Bill the Wino. I remember him. You say Bill. Uh, let's see, we were in, where were we? We were in Yorba Linda. The town of a million Italian restaurants. Hmm. I don't. I don't know where that is. So uh, just go to California and find the town with a million Italian restaurants. Can't miss oh. it. Okay. All right. And the thin man. What about him? Uh, he 
kidnapped people and then what did we do we buried him i think you buried him buried him in a cave that sound right sounds right to me hmm so you buried the thin man we did you and sam and dan oh yeah so tell me about samantha and dan they're idiots and they're expensive now charles you do realize that's not a a very nice thing to say about your daughter and her fiance Oh, fuck me. That's unfortunate. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this, Charles. How many children do you have? That I know of? Zero? Well, we know you have at least one. Well, you know I have at least one. I wouldn't say I know that. Well, we're working through this together. Do you remember the other child? Uh, no. Well, tell me about your wife. Uh, I can't. Because you don't remember her? I have no idea who she is. Hmm. Well, I see we still have quite a bit of work to do. It would appear so. Do you remember the operation at all? Uh, that shitty board game that you had to pluck stuff out with? Uh, no. There was a dark time in your life when your wife Meredith miscarried a child, but not your child. And you have no, no recollection of this? I can't say that I do. Or the... Drugs that you began to take? Oh, man, I can't be a stoner. I'm Chuck. You keep saying that, Charles, but you are Charles. <laughs> I believe Chuck is your alter ego. Oh, okay. Tell me what drugs I did. Well, that is, that is part of the problem. You created them. Do you recall working as a medical doctor? Uh, yes, that I do. While teaching at Miskatonic University? Uh, hard to forget a name like that. Did you enjoy being a doctor? Uh, yeah. Well, even to this day, the staff at Miskatonic have yet to discover exactly the recipe for the types of drugs that you were taking. Do you recall anything that uh, you used at the time to... Create these new drugs? I went through a pretty heavy Motrin phase. I remember that. Yes, yes. Uh, it definitely influenced your skills while you operated on one William Powell. I don't remember him. You might remember him. He was, as you say, a very thin man. Shit. But you were so high on drugs that when he died under your scalpel on the operating table. I believe that's when something began to break in your mind. Smooth fucking move, Johnson. I see what you did there, crafty bastard. Well, I'm sure it didn't phase you too much when you learned that this man, by sheer happenstance, turned out to be your wife's lover. Wow, that is an incredible happenstance. Well, you didn't know it at first. But she knew it. And that's when you found her. In the shower. I don't recall. You don't recall finding your wife having slit her wrists in the shower? No, I don't. Very convenient location, though. Cleanup must have been a breeze. Yes. Well, would you say you have an addictive personality? No. Good. That's what we wanted to hear. And that's why we've spent these last three months working towards this moment. I understand that you still have many memories to unearth. The coma took some of those memories from you. Perhaps 
mercifully so. But now we are on the road to recovery. We hope one day that you'll be able to regain your post at Miskatonic. Of course, your medical license is done, but your teachings, you still have a lot to share with the world. Is that something that you'd like to strive for? I don't even know what the fuck's going on right now. I don't exactly have some long-term life goals, as you can understand. I understand. And that's why we've asked Samantha and Dan to take you under their wing and help you recoup and perhaps discover more of these memories. I don't want to be related to Dan. Well, you're not yet, so... Oh, thank God. <laughs> I could still kill him. He's, he's a fiance. He's not... And there's nothing yet. So Dr. Pretorius Loveland uh, opens up a desk drawer and starts scrawling on a little notepad. And he says, I'm going to prescribe you something. It's just a mild sedative. It will help you with nerves. And as these memories continue to surface, um, you may need just a little bit more help. So please uh, have this filled tonight and just take one pill a day. It will simply ease your way back into reality. Whatever you say. And he hands you a slip. And it's uh, a daily medication prescription for a drug called Zahnex. Z-A-H-N-E-X. Sounds kind of like zombie to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but more like cranberry zombie. Zombie! Zombie! Is that a reference to something that I was not even alive for? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so he slips you the paper and scrawls some notes and says, uh, Well, you've, you've made excellent progress. When you came out of the coma, you had even difficulty speaking. You did not know who Samantha and Dan were. And it's been three months since you've come out of the coma. You were in the coma for six months. You do recall what happened that initiated the coma, do you not? I feel like it now you should just assume I don't recall anything because I'm batting like zero. Well, Charles... I am concerned for your health, and you, you did purposely take an overdose of the drugs that you had synthesized in the hopes of following your wife into oblivion. Prove I purposefully did it. It's been long, matter of record. The police have done their questioning, they've done their investigations, and Samantha gave them plenty of information. Uh, she, too, will need your help as she is struggling with the loss of her mother, your wife, and the potential baby. Yay. I'm walking on sunshine. Fun times. It's a family show. But now we are on the road to recovery. So I believe in time you will be able to put this behind you and go on. And to that end, I am prescribing you not only the Xanax, but... I happen to be good friends with a rock star. I hate to spoil your fun, but I don't think Clay Aiken counts as a rock star. That is so true. <laughs> Could it be Ned Tugent, maybe? Oh, I love that. Let's do that. <laughs> okay. Ned Tugent. Let's do that. Yes, uh, a friend of mine, Ned Tugent, owns a very nice retreat up in uh, Deer Farm, New Hampshire. And he owns an inn there called... The Contented Cow. It's a nice rural place, very quiet. Uh, it has all of the facilities that you need, sauna, swimming pool, anything that you'll need. But I, I do believe 
that a week there would do you and Sam, Mantha, and Dan uh, a lot of good, uh, just simply to get away from Miskatonic and these surroundings. And of course, it is free. I've already arranged it for you. You just need to drive up there. I suggest uh, it is Friday afternoon. And if you guys drive up there tomorrow, they're, they're actually expecting you. It is a um, all-inclusive. And so they'll have pretty much anything you need. I, I, my only wish is that you get better and begin the healing process. Uh, okay. Well, thank you, Charles. And uh, I look forward to seeing more of your work at the university. How much do we pay this guy? Samantha and Dan are waiting for you out in the lobby. And you may leave the clinic now of your own free volition. Let's go have a word with Mr. Dan. He shakes your hand and, uh, and shows you out to the lobby where you see two relatively familiar faces. All right. I think now is probably a good time to go ahead before we start into the role playing and the actual adventure. Let's go ahead and dive into some housekeeping. Housekeeping. In all cases, the characters are changed, but only slightly. Where appropriate, I've allowed you to keep a lot of your same characteristics and skills and so forth and so on. I don't think I've changed much. I think, Samantha, did we change something on you? Oh, we changed something on me. Forensics. Yeah, yeah. Sort of gave you a, a bit of a different spin. George, the characters, as you can see, Charles Blaine is a professor of medicine. He is still 56 years old. He lives in Arkham, Massachusetts. Uh, still born in Lettington, Michigan. I don't think I've changed anything else on your character sheet. I do not like Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you don't, buddy. I have also allowed you to keep... Uh, most of your weapons, some things didn't make sense for the timeline, so I've changed those. You'll also notice that I've tweaked your cash and assets slightly. I was able to delve into the uh, the full rules and get a better feel for what those should be. So do, do you know what spending level is? Because I still don't know what that is to this day. Spending level is something that you would have at any given time without any kind of record keeping. So if you go to wherever and you wanted to buy something and it was 200 bucks, you could do it right there without having to subtract or do anything. I feel like that cat, that's what cash would be though. Cash is actually the amount that if something bad were to happen to you, like you were, let's robbed say, or... robbed in a hotel room, that's what you would be out. And obviously assets is just your basic holdings and so forth. So it could be a combination of 401k, whatever, you know, things like that. So that's what those three things mean. Check out the assets on that one. It's a nice 401k you got there. I did change your personal description slightly. Hey guys, Jeremy called me handsome. Hey there, handsome. I've added to your phobias and manias being committed to an institution oh. uh, because that is coming into play here. Once you were out of the coma, you had to basically be recuperated at a, at a sanitarium. So I think you it makes sense for you to have developed this sort of phobia. You obviously no longer have a office at the uh, HIA, but you do have <laughs> an office still at Miskatonic University. So, Dan Williams. Hi. Uh, Dan Williams is campus security. Lofty goals, I know. You're basically head of security. I haven't changed much in there. I gave you basically the same sort of things. I did also add uh, for people who have firearms, I added ammo. Uh, did a little research on how many rounds you can shoot off and that sort of thing in any given time. I have an updated weapon for the times as well. Uh, and actually, while we're all sitting here, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys access to combat. So you should see the roll 20 play area change to a 
little cheat sheet with combat flowchart. So this is something that we'll we'll try to use if if combat does come come up. This is a nice oh, little flowchart of like who gets to go first and what what's what sort of roles you need to make in order to uh, make combat happen. Like it's nice. Dan, you want to go ahead and read your personal description real quick for the audience? Dan was a special forces soldier in Iraq. Best of the best, they said. Killing Iraqi forces was a problem for Daniel despite being a big guy with a natural ability with weapons, he felt the crush of taking human lives and was discharged for undesignated mental health reasons. He met Samantha while receiving therapy at Miskatonic University and they fell in love. Oh, That is so lame. He has not told her about his experience in the army and has nightmares only occasionally now. I think I kept your phobia and manias the same. Yeah. So that's that. Samantha, anything wacky with you, Missy? Nope, I am a associate professor and a student. Why does that say ass professor? I changed it. <laughs> Woohoo! Because now that I got Danny, I got some ass. <laughs> professor of ass. We're going wild on here on the Lovecraft tapes. I believe I changed your uh, firearm to a Ruger SR-22. That is I did, correct. I just did some research and... Podcasts gone wild. It's a little uh, gun that females prefer. Oh, so you're sexist, you piece of shit. Did you just assume her gender? I have a 9mm Glock, bitch. No, not anymore, you don't. Womp, womp, womp. Everything else for you, I kept the same. I even kept the spells that you had learned in, yes. in the uh, first adventure. Because I think that makes sense that if you are a associate professor and student, that you might have run across a tome that would help you in that regard. So beyond that, George, every, everybody else is sort of pretty much the same. Just your roles have sort of changed, uh, which would make sense in 2017 if you were professors or in, in the university atmosphere. So we're going to go, go through the uh, development phase here. What we need to do is do some rolling. They see us rolling and they be hating. I want to go through this slowly. We kind of blaze through it in the beginning. So let's go ahead and start with Samantha first. What I have for you checked, that I show checked, is drive auto, firearms, and spot hidden. Is that all you can think of? Yeah, because I never got a chance to use anything else, and I failed on the rest. And and that was over the course of uh, basically eight episodes. I checked as I went. Um, I did have one perf- one successful locksmith. Seems to me like you would have had a listen in there somewhere. Oh, you know what? I had one at the party. Okay. Go ahead and click that. Okay. So, uh, Sam, I need you basically start at the top. Let's go drive auto. And you're going to roll a D100. So you want to get over a 20, and you did. And so now you want to uncheck that drive auto. Okay. And then you want to increase that skill by D10. So roll a D10. Ooh. It's going to go up to 28 for your drive auto. Nice. Continuing along with firearms next. Okay, cool. You are now able to see who put those lampposts in the middle of the road. Oh. So you did not do that one. So that does not increase. So you just uncheck and disappear. Just uncheck and move along. So we're okay. doing li- listen next. And as we do this, guys, Matt and George, go ahead and take a look at your character sheets. And just double check those skills to make sure we're not missing anything. I got no more upgrades. Because those are pretty high. I've got 50s in the other and a 76 in spot hidden. So. Okay. And Dan, we'll let's do you next. Are you good with your skills that were checked? I'm scrolling back real quick. I'm trying to remember if I had to do a stealth roll when I was in the woods outside of her house. Um, I'd say you probably did. Go ahead and roll a D100, Matt. Do firearms first. So you want over a 40. You got a 48. Just uncheck that. It does not increase. And listens next. Damn you. Barely did not make that one, so uncheck that. Spot hidden, you need a 45 or more. And actually, it's got to be over 45. Right. Nope. Nope. That does not increase. And stealth. 
Hey. So, nice. That one goes up. So roll a d10. Yay. Nice. So stealth is now 28. Charles, you're all set. Okay. I looked at your old sheet. I gave you a, a bit of a boost there. The next thing for housekeeping and basically development phase is we want to check your sanity. So what we're going to do is uh, we need to have a key connection from your backstory. Pick something from your backstory. So I'm looking at Samantha here. And we, we know, for instance, that uh, she has a phobia of being immobilized and tied up. Right. right. That's one of your phobias. Okay. Yeah. So let, let's call that a key connection from your backstory. So Okay. So you're telling me that BDSM is off the table. <laughs> it is. It is. Maybe it's you saw your father being immobilized. Maybe he was in a street jacket. And basically what we're doing here is we're picking something from your backstory. It can be anything you want, but it needs to be something that you're working against, right? You're trying to either heal from it or okay. recover from it or something along those lines. If you can somehow cope with this, then your sanity will go up. Oh, okay. If you make a sanity roll. Okay. We need to first establish what that key connection is. The straight jacket thing I think is fantastic because they would have put him in there because he'd been spazzing out. Right. Let's make that your key connection. And in your phobias and manias, why don't you go ahead and actually label that as your key connection? So this will be an ongoing thing that you can sort of, you know, work against. Okay, but I don't really know my background. True. Well, you know enough of it. So we can say we, we know now that your wife cheated on you and became pregnant with another man who you accidentally killed on the operating table. So you, you choose something from that. So maybe you have trust issues, which is actually sort of in keeping with even the imaginary Chuck. To me, that jumps out that... In both places, you have like trust issues. If I were Charles, maybe that'd be something I'd go for. Or you can make something up. So trust issues would be the key connection? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. For Samantha, it's her, her key connection is being immobilized or tied up. And the reason for that was the, she saw her father in a straitjacket. And so she took on that fear. That seems much more like physical and tangible right. to me, which is why it's... I'm having trouble grasping it, but... It's psychic. Okay. If I'm scared of spiders, it's not like spiders are really going to get me, but I'm scared of shit of spider, you know? What if you discovered that your wife was cheating on you, and that's what sparked all of this? Right. I think, I, I think I'm with you. Matt, what do you think Dan's would be? Obviously, the war thing, probably. Yeah. Right? You know, the reason that you were, were booted from the Iraq war was because of the mental health thing. So I think that's probably something to build on. Great. I got crazies all around me. I mean, obviously, going with... The war is kind of the most obvious. So maybe violence is something that you're just not super duper comfortable with. When you go to shoot something, maybe you have a, little, a slight shake to your hand. That sort of thing. Yeah. This is just something that we can use to measure how you're doing sane-wise. Plus, this makes it a lot more personal. Maybe not. I was thinking maybe not all violence, but maybe just sticking it specifically to firearms. Mm -hmm. So is issues with... Not only shooting a gun, but being around people who are shooting or hearing gunshots. Mm-hmm. That's good. Or fireworks. Or fireworks. Yeah, you're like a dog. You cower underneath the table. So the next step for this particular thing is now that we've chosen our key connections, we basically just need you to make a sanity roll. So let's start with Sam. Oh, man. You can I'm go crazy. to your character sheet. And right, right now you have a max sanity of... Uh, 91. So that is the most sane you could be. Your current sanity is the middle one there, 50. Uh, so go ahead and roll that dice next to your sanity. 
And we'll see what that is. And basically, you want to roll underneath it. Okay, I rolled 11. Yeah, he went way under. (laughs) This does two things. So if you were suffering from some sort of temporary insanity, this would negate that. You can go ahead and roll a d6. It's a d6. A d6. And two. So you can increase uh, both 50s to 52. Uh, you can go up as high as 91. After that, I transcend onto another plane. You experience tranquility. All right, Charles, once you do the same, go ahead and roll me a sanity roll. And he's below a 60. And you got it. So go ahead and roll D6, and you can increase your 60s by that much. Three. All right, 63 for you. Nice. And Danny. Nice, Matt. Booyah. I'm wasting all my good rolls on housekeeping, but I do gain six points of sanity. So Excellent. So you guys all went up. So you've had a pretty successful um, recoup stage, and that's it. Cool. Well, let's get into it. Charles is led out into the lobby where Dan and Samantha are waiting. Daddy. I'm holding a balloon that says get well soon and a large bar of chocolate. Half eaten, you fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got hungry, and I, I needed a snack. Danny, what have I told you? I know I'm supposed to be cutting back on sugar, but <sighs> chocolate. I don't even know how to deal with this. I mean, come on. You get that one time of the month that you get to eat all the chocolate you want, and no one complains. I eat a little bit now, and everyone loses their minds. Hi, Dad. How you doing? Hey, Mr. I Blaine. don't know. Well, that's okay. It's okay. You take your time. Charles. It's Chuck. Okay. Let's get in the car. We'll go home. Okay. So you drive back to the Blaine Mansion. It's Manor. Meanwhile, at Blaine Manor. That's right. Uh, you need to make uh, one quick pit stop at the uh, pharmacist, Walgreens, just on the way. Sponsor us. Hashtag not sponsor. <laughs> I cast Contact Goal. And, and you find yourself late Friday afternoon at Blaine Manor. Charles, you have a pill to take. Deliver rectally. Well, if the bottle says so. <laughs> um, you want me to get you a uh, glass of ice water, Dad? Yeah, please. Now. Immediately. Uh-oh. Bad news, guys. I choke and die. Which is really strange, because it was a suppository. And I wake up in a hospital in 1957. Well, it worked the first time. Keep chugging. <laughs> Here you go. Here's your water. Um. So, Charles, I'm not sure... I don't want to talk to you, Dan. And it's Chuck. I'm not sure how much you remember from the doctor, but... Oh, that didn't work. We are all spending the next little while up in a nice little place in New Hampshire called The Contented Cow. I've looked over the brochures. It looks like a really, really nice place. I'm lactose intolerant. Well, luckily they have lactose-free cows there, so... What? (laughs) It's like a a guy cow? (laughs) I keep going, but I'm not getting anything. (laughs) Oh, white, white ribbons everywhere. <laughs> I really feel that uh, maybe spending some time together and getting some fresh air is really, really going to be helpful. I Dan, mean, I all literally been, could not care less what you think. We've all been a little bit stressed and on edge with everything that's been going on. And I think that some time away from everything here is uh, it's going to be good for all of us. Okay, Dan, whatever you say. What do you have to say about this, honey? I think that's a fantastic idea, and you put it perfectly. When do we leave? Uh, I believe we are leaving tomorrow. You pack your bag? Well, I was just about to say, why don't we go pack? Give Dad a little bit of time. He's obviously got a lot to process. Okay. Um, holler if you need anything. Hey! <laughs> I'm good! 
Just want to let you know. I'm going to go to in, in pack. And I'm going to follow behind. Hey, not too close. I don't see that we're married yet, Dad, sweet tits. <laughs> yeah, tell, tell us a little bit more about your guys' uh, living arrangements. Well, I live at home with Dad, obviously. I moved back into the house after the incident. I have my own apartment fairly close to campus, seeing as I run security. But once I noticed that Sam was having a little bit of trouble and things were kind of getting a little bit too much for her, I uh, took up one of the guest rooms in the manor just to be be closer to her to make sure that she was okay. It has been nine months. That is true. Dad, I'm pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) And you're a grandpa. Here it is. surprise so we've been just going day to day trying to get through this it's been a stress on our relationship good what'd you say dad do you need something i know your dad has been through a lot and i know you've been through a lot but he still seems kind of rough i mean i'm i'm trying to be nice here but he just just got out of the hospital dan give him a day okay well uh, samantha i would like to impart one little piece of uh, information to you Thanks, I'd like some. Once you hear Dan say this, you do realize that Charles was not always as gruff. Once upon a time, he was a very soft-spoken, thoughtful professor. It was only when when you were maybe having just left home that when you'd come back to visit during the holidays, and decreasingly so, that uh, you started to notice the rift between your mother, Meredith, and, uh, and your father. You began to see a little bit of that gruffness that you totally see now creep into things. You know, Dan, sorry to snap at you, but he's got a lot to process. In his mind, he just found out all of this information. Oh, I get it, I get it. We need to really walk on eggshells right now, I think. Yeah. I'm walking on eggshells. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, it hurts. I'd like to make an omelet. <laughs> Charles, you go into the bedroom to presumably dig out your luggage. It takes you a few minutes to figure out where that is exactly. The bedroom still appears to be an alien landscape that may be seen through the gauze of distant memory. You still can't quite place Meredith. In this room, you do see pictures of her, but there's no connection to this person who's in the photographs. It doesn't ring true to you that you were even married. Even though you know this to be true, you've spent three months going over and over with the doctors. Even your former wife's clothes are hanging, shoved to one side in the master closet. And you do run across a little box that's sort of tucked up on the very top shelf of the closet that sort of looks familiar. It's cardboard boxes. There's no writing on it or anything, but it sort of gives you a little bit of a twinge of deja vu. The hell's a flashlight? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I will open it terrifiedly. You take it down, hands sort of shaking, and uh, you place it on the bed and open it up slowly, and inside you see... A dead clown. <laughs> it's your old medical bag. I love George. And you know what's inside this. More than likely medical supplies. Yes, a specific type of medical supply. That's where he kept his weed. Close. Gently used? (laughs) Gently used weed. (laughs) This is where you kept your stash of the type of drug that you overdosed on. God, seems like somebody probably should have taken care of that. I couldn't take them all. Well, you know what? Let's just uh, let's just take them all. It's getting pretty confusing. Let's just wrap this up. Push that roll. <laughs> roll for pill taking. 
You're bound to die if you push it. So what do you really do? I suppose I should just throw them away. But I won't. I'll just take them all. No, I will. Uh, I'll throw them away. All of them? Yeah. You open the medical bag and you see many, many baggies of these green and yellow pills that were capsules uh, wherein you uh, stored the uh, powder, the very special powder, to which you no longer know the recipe. I mean, I can find it on Yelp. I'm your mama, I'm your daddy, I'm that pusher in the alley. I'm from the 50s, damn it. <laughs> I'll just ask those kids on Snapchat. You flush them down the toilet. Nice. I, I was going to throw them away, but all right. Perfectly good waste of drugs. There's still one floating if you want it. And they swirl down. Down. Jump in after him. Damn it, George. That was our only way back to the 50s. This isn't train spotting. It's train spotting 2. Yes, it's T2. Electric boogaloo. This time it's personal. And you uh, continue packing. Would you guys like to do anything else before you have to leave in the morning? I'm going to order some food, so I'm going to go ask Dad if, if there's any food in particular he'd like. Hey, Dad? It's Chuck. Charles? It's Chuck. Sorry. Chuck? It's Charles. <laughs> <laughs> It's dad, you bitch. <laughs> I'm going to get us some dinner. Is there anything you would like? Sweet, sweet death. They don't deliver. Or tacos. You said curry chicken? I don't know. Why don't we just go on MySpace and find out what restaurants deliver? <laughs> I don't think you know how MySpace works. <laughs> I thought it was just like YouTube, but with pictures. Do you like any, I don't know, what? what's your favorite? I don't know. I don't know anything about myself. Taco fish. Uh, what's a taco fish? I don't know. It rings a bell somewhere okay. in the back of my mind. Let me see what I can come up with. Something says taco fish. Sorry to bother you. I'll, I'll get us some food. I'm going to go on Grubhub. Hashtag please sponsor us, Grubhub. And find the nearest Mexican restaurant and see if they've got fish tacos. They do have fish tacos. I am going to order 10 fish tacos. And they deliver. It's a university town. Of course you can get some fish tacos. Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> And you have a nice dinner. Bottle of tequila. <laughs> yeah, baby. Eat the worm. Danny. Whoa. I didn't say do the worm. Well, I think we should all turn in early. Are you going to be okay, Dad? Do you need anything else before we go to bed? I think I'm okay. You you are feeling very calm now, Charles. It's Chuck. But okay. you, you feel a nice, warm, glowing sensation. You don't feel quite as prickly. Probably because he just peed his pants. It's warm in here. <laughs> and wet. Do you want me to show you how to use the TV? I just want to go to bed. Okay. Okay, sounds good. Well, we'll probably get up kind of early, so I'll see you in the morning. Just down the hall if you need me. Okay. And you go to bed. Uh, Samantha, are you going to uh, simply stay at home, or is Dan staying over? Or? Yeah, Dan's going to stay in another room, and I'm going to oh. I'm going to sleep in the room next to Dad. I move I move some of my stuff over there just so I can be right next door. Okay. In the manor. All right. The evening passes and everyone falls asleep. Dan, you're you're feeling a little fretful during the night, but you have a dark, dreamless sleep. Samantha, you are not feeling quite as good. I think maybe it's the fish tacos aren't sitting right. Um, you're up several times in the middle of the night. And when you do, <laughs> yeah, you know the deal. When you do uh, manage to catch a few winks, uh, it feels like you're not even sleeping, but you do realize that you have fallen asleep for 15, 20 minutes at a time. When you do surface from sleep, you think you hear the far off cry of a little baby. Sorry, I know I have a weird choice in ringtones, but uh, I didn't mean to frighten anyone. But it disappears as soon as you're come back into consciousness. Charles, you fall deeply asleep right away. 
very relaxing, like submerging into warm water. I think that just means he peed his pants again. <laughs> God damn it, we're getting him diapers tomorrow at CVS. Sponsor us. And the evening passes uneventfully for you. You have a very nice, solid uh, night's sleep. And when you wake up in the morning, you pull the curtains aside and you see... Hover cars. Hover cars. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> 2049 Blade Runner. You, you pull aside the curtains and see the trees in the backyard are full of crows. And that's what we're going to call it. What are we going to call it? Yeah, well, what did you guys think of that? Is this a good starting point? Yeah. I'm excited to see where this goes. I know we, we didn't really have time to get into too much of That's it. That's okay. That We had a lot of housekeeping to do. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love the part where we were rolling dice. <laughs> <laughs> right edge of your seat. It's the best. So we're going to launch into the segment we call Recommendos. So why don't we start off with George? I just got an expensive new item. This is a DJI Phantom 4 professional photography drone with five direction obstacle avoidance and a really nice quality camera and it is a lot of fun. And why did you get that? For to make money if I can. Yes, because he just became a commercial drone pilot. Sweet! Congratulations. Thank you. Brian, how about you? I got a pretty cool kick-ass gift for the holidays. I got the official Call of Cthulhu RPG dice set. I will be opening these and actually rolling with these because I got permission from somebody to do that. I can't remember if one of those dice might have like a sanity thing on it too. I um, it might. I haven't. I just took them out of the package today, yeah. but I'm I put them back in for this. Sure. Um, but I will pop them open and take a look. Yes, it does. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, it's got like a weird little sigil or something on one, yep, yep. one side. So It's got a pentagram, actually. Nice. Very cool. So how about you, Maddie? This week, I'm going to dish out a recommendation for a small indie game that both you and me have enjoyed called Oxenfree. It is the story of a girl named Jen and some of her friends who sneak off to an old island after dark to throw a big raging party, considering they are just about to graduate. However, when they get there, they realize that there's really only like five of them or six of them that showed up, so there's not a whole lot to do. And uh, in their boredom, they end up going off and exploring the island, and this gets them into some very, very interesting trouble. That is a really good game and well worth the money. I thought it was a lot of fun. Cool. My recommendation for this week is the movie Flashlight. The, the <laughs> Autopsy of Jane Doe, which I watched on Google Play. And it follows the tale of Brian Cox and Emile Hirsch, I think is the other actor's name. A father and son, mortuary, crematorium, family run business, just the two of them. Brian Cox plays the dad, of course, who is recovering from the death of his wife not too long ago. Emile Hirsch is his son, who is considering leaving the family practice. They are brought a body at the very last minute from the police that was found at a murder scene. They are tasked with trying to find out what killed this person because it's not obvious. She looks flawless. It is a young actress who is essentially, not essentially, but exactly nude through the entire thing and lays on the table in the autopsy room. And she is the Jane Doe upon which they perform an autopsy and discover how she died or why she's there. It is a super 
super creepy. I would say the first half is flawless. It builds a sense of dread and suspense that's unparalleled. The last third, I would say, wasn't quite as successful. It is directed by the guy who did Troll Hunter, if you ever saw that. Available on Netflix, a lot of fun. Overall, I would recommend it. Um, it's not the best movie uh, that I've seen in a while, but uh, I would say the first half is excellent. So if only for that, it's well worth seeing. Very scary, very creepy. The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Nice. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Meanwhile, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all our social media, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and our wiki. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. And for all the those tips that everyone needs to know about handling your pesky father-in-law oh, follow tips. me on twitter at the real weird kid and you can find me on twitter at note the change brian podcasts yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right until next time roll for sanity the lovecraft tapes is copyright 2017 for more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Mm-hmm.